the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Hey, everybody, welcome to the SpotTrack.com podcast. So much to talk about in the money and business of sports. I'm Kevin Sylvester in studio with Mike Gennetti, the founder of SpotTrack.com. Our, our third wheel, if you will, is to hit the road. See, yeah. I worked that in the wheel on the road. Doing some real work, huh? Doing some nice. real work. <laughs> Paul, nice. Paul Peck is on the road because he is announcing uh, UB against Ohio football game in the Mid-American Conference. Uh, that game is tonight, the day we're recording this podcast, but he's kind enough to uh, shake off the hangover yeah. and uh, join us here on the podcast. He's linked up with yeah, the, with the right Buffalo in, team. Hanging out <laughs> in Columbus, Ohio, where many of the future players that Mike will be tracking for big mm-hmm. money in the NFL uh, currently reside. Where did you guys go to dinner in Columbus? Because there's so many good choices. We went, we went to this authentic Sherman restaurant, which yep. was really cool, like like waitresses wearing like lederhosen, authentic. So you're over you're and, over uh, near the campus of Ohio State in Germantown there area, right? That is correct. Nice. Uh, Schmitz, it was called, and it was awesome. Okay, um, it was it was legit, like uh, sausage and sauerbraten for dinner kind of place. You know, all right, it that's was, good. Was very good. Had I known, I would have sent you guys to the Thurman Cafe. Really? Anybody goes to uh, Columbus, the Thurman Cafe, not, not for, and I actually tweeted at Thurman Thomas when I was there this summer, they had a burger called the Thurminator, which is Thurman's nickname uh, at times when he played in Buffalo. Is he from there? No, he What's is not. What's his tie to Ohio? He's, he's, there is no tie. It's just, a, it's, Thur- it's on Thurman Street, all right? All right. It's the Thurman Cafe, famous for their burgers. It's a long wait and uh, dollar bills everywhere on the place. It's a cool joint to nice. go to, the like Thurman it. Cafe. It's uh, kind of famous for Columbus, as Schmitz probably is, and then, of course, the original Max and Irma's mm-hmm. in Columbus. See, not just getting, uh, you know, yeah. talk about contracts here. When you're on the road, you've got to find good places to go eat. Sounds like you did, Paul, and uh, you guys yeah. had a good time. Perfect recipe for a hangover yeah. is math, by the way. So Math is a great recipe for a hangover, <laughs> right? Well, you focus more. Absolutely. you got to think more. Is Le'Veon Bell hungover today? I'm just, I'm just wondering um, when he realized he's making squat this year for playing football because he did not report to the Steelers. Yeah. And there's some ramifications from that. But just in general, are you surprised, Mike, at this move? Uh, I'm not surprised. I, I don't think the Des Bryant injury was, <laughs> you know. Good point. Yeah, I, I think that was probably the nail in the coffin, don't you think? If there was any doubt of him coming back, that was probably going to be it. Because that's exactly the point. I mean, that's exactly what he wanted everybody to see, unfortunately for Des, right? But that's what, that's what he wanted to convey, you know, to P- Pittsburgh, to, to the league, really, that this is what you risk when you're on a one-year deal, even if it's $15 million, right? So, I mean, Des is going to have trouble next year getting a contract now, just like Earl Thomas is going to have trouble next year getting a contract. Right. Because, you know, he broke his leg in week three. So it's, it's, it's not surprising to me. It's surprising that he's giving up this much money and he's a running back. Uh, you know, that's that's a different right. conversation to have because, you know, we've had holdouts before. We've had a lot of running back holdouts too, something we can kind of get into a little bit here. But it, what he's doing here is taking a stand. He's taking a stand for elite players in the league, especially weapons in the league, you know, who, who are multi-talented like he, he is, who haven't been compensated accordingly. And he hasn't. He made $12 million last year, and that's a ton of money. You know, I'm not going to say that's not a ton of money, but... Le'Veon Bell catches 60 passes, you know, and he scores 12 touchdowns. And he's, you know, he's he can make any offense tick. 
any offense, not just Pittsburgh, and he knows that. That's why he knows his value going into next March, and it's not $15 million. It's, you know, probably starts at $30 million in terms of guarantees. So I understand what he's doing. What he's, what's really not being said enough, and something that I want to convey and I wish more people would, is this is a shot at the franchise tag. And I wish more people would do this because the franchise tag has been abusive. It has been. It used to be a way for teams to hang on, hang on to guys for a couple of months. Maybe a few of them ended up playing that, ta- playing out that tag. You know, kickers and punters who, you know, you only had to pay a couple, maybe a million more than you you were normally going to pay them to keep them on a franchise tag. But this is completely different now. We've seen it with Cousins. We've seen it with Bell now, back to back years. Uh, teams are abusing this power because. They know that they have full control. The, the player has absolutely no control in this conversation outside of doing what Bell's done. So this is an attack on the franchise tag. This is, this is, you know, it's a, it's an issue that the CBA needs to address in a couple of years when that comes up. I hope it, it gains more steam. I hope it gains more publicity. I hope more notable players come out and, and sit and do something about it because we're going to see more of this. Look at next February when it becomes franchise tag time, we're going to see players get franchise tag. Earl Thomas might get franchise tagged in Seattle. And what happens if that happens, right? I mean, if you want to see, you want to see a holdout, you want to see, you know, some animosity. And let's not, let's not even get away from Bell here. There's a very good chance the Pittsburgh Steelers used the transition tag on Le'Veon Bell in February, which is the exact same salary he just gave up, $14.5 million. Um, how, how does that play out? I, I, you know, there's a, there's a few ways it could go. But, but basically, it's just Pittsburgh saying, we're not going to lose you for nothing, Right. Sure. I mean, yes, Nor should yes there's a good com- compensatory pick for, for losing him in free agency. It'll be a third rounder and, and then some maybe. But they, they, can, they can hold his rights, slap a transition tag on him, let the Jets thro- or, or Colts throw out a massive offer sheet. Pittsburgh can match that offer sheet and then try to trade him and then trade him for a first-round pick or you know a first and a second or, or, or a real viable acquisition um, rather than just the, you know, the comp pick that they would get for losing him in free agency. There's a real possibility that that Pittsburgh digs in their heels here and does something like this, and that and that this Le'Veon Bell drama is not over yet. Paul, uh, interested on your your take with the Le'Veon Bell and um, and Mike's opinion there that the franchise tag is uh, be, become a thing to yeah. uh, use players. It's a it's a bad thing now. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with it. Again, it's a, it's a tool. It's available. The, the smart salary cap managers and general managers are going to say, wait a minute, why, why would I, I, I have to protect my own interests here? If you're the Steelers, you're, you're saying, I'm not going to let this guy walk if we can't reach a contract agreement. I have this tool available to me. My, my question to you and what I was thinking about was, at what point did this holdout for Le'Veon Bell reach the tipping point where Le'Veon says, you know what, one of the things I get beat up about uh, is how many carries and how much I get used and the lifespan of a running back. So I'm just going to sit this season out and then turn around and use that as a negotiating positive next year to tell my future employees, well, look, I averaged uh, 500 touches a year for my first career, but look how fresh I am now that I didn't touch the ball at all last year. I think it's a combination of a few things, Paul. Number one, I mentioned Des Bryant's injury, which was really in our face. And then right right after that, you have to remember, James Conner has been in the concussion protocol all week. So so the guy taking over for him in Pittsburgh, who's being used you know, in a similar fashion to what Bell has been used, gets knocked around last Thursday and you know, is questionable to play this coming Sunday. So 
number one, you know, Connor's injury is sort of a wake-up call. But number two, if Bell had reported, they'd be throwing him in this week, you know, back to mass, you know, mass usage with, you know, the need for a weapon in this offense if, if Connor can't go. So to, to me, the timing was right with, with those kind of situations. But the other, and it's to your point, he's going to come to free agency and say, I'm fresh. And where have we seen that work? Adrian Peterson. Right, Adrian sure. Peterson, who had that long suspension sure. and the injury, was able to say, "Okay, I, I'm I've rehabbed. I've I've had time away because of my disciplinary actions. Um, I'm I'm going to bring this thing back to full circle and, and look where we are. He's thirty some, you know, early thirties, which is insane for a running back, and he's you know up there in the top of the rushing rushing stats. You know, a first place Redskins team. It, so, right, it's probably unique to the running back position, Mike, for it a is. couple of reasons." It's the one position that gets criticized the most for the amount of tread on the tires, so to speak, is the cliche that's used. Uh, and it's also the one position where you can be dropped into a team without any practice, without you, like Adrian Peterson or a lot of other running backs, you can sit for weeks, come in, and because of the nature of the instinctive position that it is, be successful right away. It's not like an offensive lineman who might sit for a year and say, oh, look, I didn't take any hits or I didn't get any injuries, but, but, the, but the teams are going to go, yeah, but you haven't been playing and practicing your techniques. It's different with a running back. Yeah, it, but it's also, see, I, I'm trying, I, I want to look at a different angle uh, to this um, right now because, you know, if I were a player and, and, and someone who's worked under contracts, I get the long-term stuff. And when you're in the final year of a contract or you've got one year left on a contract, you're only thinking about the next contract. Of course. That's, and anybody out there listening who's worked under a contract, you get that. People who haven't worked under a contract, it, it might be a foreign concept. So I understand the, the player's point in this. But from management's point hmm. of side two here, it's not like uh, you, you can say that you know we're using you, but we are paying you a large amount of money to perform for us, so it's not as if we're asking you to work for free. Yeah. Um, and the other side of it is, why would I want to give you a long-term contract when I just got this guy who was your backup yeah. who came in and performed yeah. just as well or close to right what there. you could perform Because I, I know Paul has made this point all year long on this podcast as well, um, and I'm probably taking away his words here. But, yeah, th- there's two elements to what you just said. Number one is the problem most people have with Le'Veon Bell doing this is he wasn't giving away six million, right? Correct. He wasn't giving away a standard running back salary. He was giving away fourteen and a half million, which is which is B tier wide receiver money. That's where that is. Right. I mean, right. I mean, if eighteen million is the top wide receiver, fifteen million is next on that Isn't list. Isn't that right? two years of Lashawn McCoy's money? Isn't it's Lashawn McCoy? Okay, double, it's double Lashawn McCoy. Okay. So yeah, I mean, it's it's big money. So that's one of the problems that people have with Bell doing this. But to me, that's more of a reason to do it, right? Because of every, all the reasons I said in the beginning of the show. Because it's it's an admirable stance and an attack on the franchise tag. It's it's not about how many dollars he's losing. It's about, I, I can't take that one-year chance. I, I need at least two. And that's what he's going for next year. He's going for two years of guaranteed money. But your point, from a team perspective, it, it's not being said enough. <laughs> like, like, why are the Steelers even bothering with this mess? Honestly, why are they even bothering with this drama? Because any team worth a damn right now, and it's been the Patriots mantra for 10 years, knows we don't even get close to paying running backs. We don't even get close. And you can make an argument that Todd Gurley's worth the money he's worth, 
But we might we not, might not be saying that in eighteen months. Correct. I mean, that's just how quickly this stuff switches. Is Zeke Elliott worth all that money right now? And he's he didn't even get a contract yet. Right. He's got a rookie deal. Right. And, but people are going to start arguing that the rookie contracts for Barkley and Elliott are too much money too. Even the slotted rookie top five picks that 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 might be too much money for a running back because of the usage, because of the instantaneous off switch these guys have, their careers have. You know, you take one hit or one concussion hit and everything changes. That's just life in football. But from the team perspective, I, I don't know how a team even approaches paying massive money to a running that back goes ever to, again. That, ever. That goes to your point, though, with Bell looking for just a two-year. If I'm a team, I'm like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I don't want long-term here. Well, he's going to get a five-year deal, but two guaranteed is Two guaranteed. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. be locked into somebody whose production might fall out or a major injury or yeah. where I can go. And, Paul, you see this in college football. You know, you've seen it. You'll see it tonight where these running backs who are coming out of college are more prepared to play. Oh, they're ready. Yeah. In the NFL. Yeah, always. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the one position that is the most interchangeable and exchangeable because of the nature of the position, because there's a lot of people that play it. And and the drop off, I think part of this is also about the best running back in the world and the 20th running best running back in the world there's not that much of a difference i i think you know there's there's great ones in every position but but you know you brought up the name a couple of years ago you would have said ezekiel elliott is the greatest guy the best guy in the league and and this year not so much um so i just think it's it's become a position as to mike's point that you know does it makes sense to draft one of these guys in the top 10 because not only do you have to pay them that money? But are they really that much better than a guy you're going to draft in the top ten of the second round? I don't think there is. Maybe on Bell was a second round pick. You know, I, I just think that the position itself has gravitated to the point where there's so many guys that are good that you can get as good a guy in the third round as you would get in the first. I also think um, what the Patriots did a couple weeks ago when Cordero Patterson yeah. plays in the back doesn't help it either, right? I mean, it's a perfect example. Completely interchangeable. Yeah, perfect example. But, and, but right. here, here's the point. Here's the point, right? Because, Paul, you sort of alluded to this. Who, who's the best wide receiver in football? Jones. I'll say Julio Jones. Okay. Jones, Beckham, Antonio, Antonio Brown. Brown, right? Sure. Uh, hard those to argue three. those three, right? Correct. And it's been that way for years, right? Yeah. Uh, unquestionable, right? Yeah. Who's the best running back in football? Todd Gurley, it's, yeah, right. Wasn't now, wasn't Gurley. it wasn't it David Johnson two years ago? It was Gurley, wasn't Johnson, it, wasn't it Le'Veon Bell last year? Wasn't it Bell, Adrian Elliott, Peterson yeah. four years right. ago? It changes every single year so based on usage, based on the team around it, based on the offensive line. There's so many factors that go into a good year for a running back that you can't. You, I I just can't put myself into a long term situation with one guy. You just can't do it, right? Because your op, your coaches are going to change, your system's going to change, your offense is going to change. That's why I think the discussion with college running backs is actually interesting because as more colleges switch to a pro style offense, stretch these running backs out, get them, get them outside of the tackles, right? We're not doing this ground and pound anymore. That stuff's antiquated. Don't tell the Jacksonville Jaguars, but or the bills. Yeah. But (laughs) you know, more college running backs are catching the ball too, which is just going to make them more useful in the, in the, in the pro system. So there's going to be more guys available in the third, fourth rounds, like we've talked about here. And I just, I hate to see it from a business standpoint because I know these guys, you know, go out there and and get killed, you know, seven days a week, eight months a year. But it's just going to be tough. It's it's going to be tough to see one or two or three running backs get paid elite money like this. 
All right, so what does that mean for Bell then? So yeah. with that said, I mean, is he going to get the money? I think it's a maybe at this point. I think it's a maybe because I think I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not new here, right? I mean, there's a lot of teams that know this already and, and are actually taking this mantra right now. Um, he's going to find somebody. It only takes one. There's teams with tons of cap space. It's going to be a Jimmy Garoppolo type deal where it's all front loaded of the first year because you can take on that. It's like a franchise tag, right? Yeah. But there'll be second year guarantees involved. He'll get his 30 plus million over two, which is what he wants, which is what the Steelers offered him, by the way, but they couldn't guarantee it. And, you know, the Jets, the Colts, I like the Ravens, I like the Titans. And but the, the Raiders? I, I, can't, I don't like anything about the Raiders. Well, I but know, yes, but they got money. They got money. Here's my sneak team. Here's, here's my sleeper team for, the, for Le'Veon Bell. Houston Texans. They are ready to go. I think, I think Lamar Miller is, a, is the weakest link on that team right now. And I thought he should have been cut before this season. Uh, Dante Foreman is, is the rookie. He's been injured. He hasn't got, a, got him to, up to speed. They, they like him, but I don't think they love him. And I think you drop Le'Veon Bell into that offense with Hopkins, Fuller, and Cote and, and a healthy Deshaun Watson and look out. Yeah, and he doesn't have to pay state income tax in Texas, so he'll love to go Even there. Even better. He'll love to go there and play. Yeah. All right, interesting stuff with Le'Veon Bell uh, and, the, and the fallout there. With, but, but by the way, nice job of concussion protocol. With Connor. Yeah. They checked him out. Yeah. Goes in the game. They got to pull him back out again. Yeah, like that failure right there. That absolute Seem, failure. Seemed like it happened with Marquise Goodwin too, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. Absolute failure. Like, come on. Let's not, let's not just put the window dressing on there. Let's protect these guys if there's an issue and pull their helmets away and get them off there. I, you figured you'd learn the stuff by now. Just, just my own. Let's not take anything away from James Connor, by the way. Holy, oh, holy cow. Right. I mean, talk about Excellent blowing player. up a holdout. Yes. <laughs> By the way, I, I did some research on holdouts, uh, you know, just because you sort of forget them as, as things go on. Everything changes every year. There's been some interesting ones. None of them to this degree, in my opinion. I, I think this is going to be, if not the, the biggest, one of the biggest, especially for the money that was lost here. This is legendary right now, yes. No question, right? But, I mean, we, the Chris Johnson holdout was fun. People were at Seattle's really had some, some trouble. Earl here. Thomas, right? Well, you, Marshawn Lynch. Lynch in 2015, right. and if you remember, he he got like the Julio Jones treatment where they kind of pushed some money forward from years, you know, future years into the current year, and he went out and played well for them. Uh, Cam Chancellor the next year tried to do it to them. Then Earl Thomas. Uh, it's kind of been the Pete Carroll <laughs> era out there has been kind of ugly in terms of finances. Loved, I thought everybody loves it out there. I thought Pete Carroll is uh, is the happy uncle that uh, makes everybody feel. They were good trying to there. get a free Xbox account. <laughs> that was wasn't happening for him. But there's been some interesting yeah, well, ones. Uh, Maurice Jones-Drew, a while back, did, did a similar thing to you know the Chris Johnson situation where he basically held out. He ended up getting paid. Here's Is he in th- San Diego? No, that was Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Okay. Here, here's the thing, though. I, I did some, some kind of forward research on, on these holdouts, especially at the running back position. Man, it almost never works out for the team. Almost never. I mean... Marshawn Lynch had a nice year in 2014 after he after he got an extra million dollars, which is all he got <laughs> for that year. Outside of that, Johnson Johnson's career completely busted out after after he got that that deal with Tennessee. Same thing with Jones Drew. I mean, he had he was two and done after his holdout. Uh, even Emmett Smith's holdout really didn't didn't pan out for anybody after the fact. That, I mean, all of these running backs. Dickerson had two way way back. You know, mm. we're talking a lot less money, but. It, it almost it, it really has not favored the team at all. So buyer beware on Le'Veon Bell because you know if you're the team that goes and gives him the contract that he's demanding with this holdout, 
it just know that in running back holdout history, it has not gone well. Maybe for the first year, but man, after after that, you are going to take a, a, a decrease in production. It's just it's just what happens, especially for a twenty eight year old guy. Fascinating, yeah, uh, you know, with that how it hasn't worked out for the teams, and you know, it'll be interesting to see what teams do going forward if Le'Veon Bell has now set mm-hmm. set the bar, if you will, for players uh, who are tagged. Uh, with a franchise tag or tra- uh, transition tag, which you predict will happen for the Steelers? I think it's a 50-50 chance that the Steelers try to keep this thing going and actually slap a transition tag on him next February. And if, if that's the case, look out. It's going to get ugly. Can they just trade his rights without the tag? No. No. Not, he'll be a free agent when the league starts, and he will not belong to the Steelers anymore. Interesting. Okay. Yep. So he's he's headed for free agency unless he's tagged. And if they tag him, we could we could go through this again next year. If yeah. nobody makes him an offer, yeah, and nobody trades for him, he could do the same thing next year. Yeah, yeah, for the same amount of money, it's the exact same money. Transition tag, fourteen and a half million. Because the franchise tag next year would be would be the quarterback tag, twenty five million. They're not doing that, <laughs> even though that's probably what he wants guaranteed. <laughs> and they can't trade him unless he signs that. Franchise tag, the transition tag next year. That's that right? right. That's right. It's like a restricted free agency, Paul, where essentially they slap the tag and then teams can start to, to file in the offers, which they would. I mean, the Jets and, and the Colts, I would assume, would come in hot with a with a multi year deal, but then Pittsburgh would have to match it before they could trade him. You know what I mean? He would have to be essentially signed to the Pittsburgh Steelers to be able to trade him. Um, otherwise, he'd go to the new team. So you could really screw the Steelers, right. make them sign him. Ah, we changed our mind. Yeah. And we're not going to trade him because really that's the, that's the risk they run. It'd be a wink, wink, right? Yeah. Like, like we'll match your offer, but then you're going to give us a second round pick for it. Right. Yeah. And if they don't, yeah, it's all wink, wink. It's, 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 it could be a lot of fun, but for Le'Veon Bell, it'd be an absolute nightmare. <laughs> an absolute nightmare. I mean, just let this guy walk at this point. That is uh that's funny stuff. All right. What, I know some other things you want to uh, get to here. Yeah. This got me thinking a little bit just about where we're going with massive contracts because, you know, when you when you kind of circle around to the other sports in the league right now, obviously basketball is that like a, we've said it a million times. That's where the money is, but it seems to be stable. Like I started to break down some of these top guys, like the Currys and the Hardens, and everybody's sort of producing, even though they're getting paid ridiculous. Like forty million dollars a year doesn't matter; they're still the best player in the league, right? Right. Thirty million dollars a, a, a year, you're a great six man, which is crazy. But um, basketball sort of has stabilized itself to be a huge a huge product on the court, a huge product globally, a huge product TV-wise, and players are just getting a ton of money because of it. I think it breaks eventually, but my point is it's sort of stable with how, with how the finances versus the actual you know product is right now. Baseball, I think, is, is, is in trouble. And all of this talk about, about Harper and – Massive trades and and, got, and teams trying to blow it up, but, but other teams maybe trying to sign three hundred million dollars worth of guys this off season. There is such a disparity right now. Let's even just look in New York: the Mets versus the Yankees. There is such there has always been a disparity, but but there is a there is a real thought out there from all of the ma- major baseball guys that Bryce Harper is going to sign a fifteen year contract, right, for three hundred and thirty million plus. And the point of it is, he has gone on record with with Scott Boris and basically said he's going to have teams that he wants to go to. You know, the Phillies and, and the Cubs and the Yankees have been mentioned, but this is this is about 
a player who has been putting in time at academies since 16 years old who wants to be known as the highest paid player in the history of baseball. And that is all that matters. If, if Giancarlo Stanton's contract is $325 million, he wants $325 million and a penny. And that's what's being said right now. And I hate, I hate to hear I, this. I, that and sucks. I hate it. And, yeah. and I want to know what you guys think about how is that still a thing, right? Like, what, at what point does $325 million, you know what I mean? At what point is $325 million not $100 million? You know what I mean? It's right. ego, Mike. No, no, but, ego. but how, would, how does it's it still matter ego. when the numbers are that high? Do you know what I mean? Because like, it's about ego. But at no point are, are you stepping in to say, whoa, wait, wait. We can't be on this team for 15 years because there's no way they can win for 15 Correct. years. Correct. Right? There's, and we've yeah. seen that with every single contract from A-Rod to Pujols to Grinky to uh, just keep going down the list. This, I mean, th- this to me, Paul, this is where the agent, uh, uh, I blame, p- put some blame on the agent here because he's telling the player, you you're going to be the highest paid player. I'm going to get you that money. It's about the three percent kickback, right? right? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm going to make that happen. We're going to make you the highest. You're going to go down history as the highest paid player to date. You know, you're better than Stanton. Yada yada yada. All this sure, stuff, it's just right? Complete, but it's just billboard it's marketing. That's what the great players strive to be the greatest. And whatever metric they determine to use <laughs> to prove to the world that they are the greatest. Uh, a lot of times it's the salary, and it just becomes, I'm the greatest player in the world. I want to be paid like it, so get me a million dollars more than the other guy. Uh, and and I was forsaken these guys for grabbing as much money as they can, but it becomes, like you said, it, it's not a matter of how much you need the money. It's a matter of, well, that guy got 300 so I need three to one just to prove to myself and to prove to the world that I'm the best guy. But the agents, guys like Scott Boris, have fueled that. And they don't always have the team long-range perspectives in mind when they're negotiating these contracts. And as long as the players, and let's be honest with you, most of the players don't pay that much attention or see the big picture like a guy like you, Mike, does in the history and all. So they just want their money and want to be able to say I'm the best. Yeah. yeah. The problem is, though, yeah. It, it's it's, it's completely unrealistic, Paul. I mean, it's completely unrealistic for for a thirty seven year old Bryce Harper to be making forty one million dollars, and I, I'm not even sure he's gonna he's gonna make it to thirty two two. I, I mean, honestly, this guy has been so inconsistent production productively that it, it's almost like smoke and smoke and mirrors right now, putting him out in the free agent market and saying he's the greatest you know player of all time. And he needs to be paid paid as such. I, he, here's what I don't get. These guys are competitive as hell. I've seen video of Bryce Harper at like age 12 just mowing down people, right? I mean, these guys these guys grew up just like we all did playing sports, right? Well, wanted, no, wanted well to, not not no because he you know, he we no, knew no. about him at age 12. I mean early. But, I mean early. But, right. Right. Yes. I mean they they playing grew up a game. just wanting to beat the heck out of the other kids on the playground, right? Right. And it's that doesn't go away. That doesn't go away. No. He has to foresee that that a contract that that is doing this to one team Forty million plus, if whatever it's going to be, is going to hurt that team's ability to win in three years. In three years, let alone twelve years or whatever. Whatever this contract is going to end up being, not. But not just that. Guys like Scott Boris have got to be smarter than this now. They've got. They've got to be smarter than this now. They've got. They've got to want four and five year deals for these guys. Because the market is going to change. No, they they want the long. They, Look listen, at, they're, you've they're, got Mookie Betts. Acuna, 
Chris Bryant, I'm missing guys, but there are there are there is a core of young players. Frankie Lindor, Corey Seager, there there is a core of young players right behind Harper that are going to reset this market in three years. I mean, crush it. Bryce Harper is not going to be the highest paid player in, in, in baseball in four years. It's just not going to happen. And Boris has to know that. And Boris needs to know that the, the right move is the Trout move. The, the Trout. We had a discussion here a few episodes ago about Mike Trout in this lifetime contract. Or remember, remember Aaron Rodgers. Right. That flex contract where at no point in time does any other quarterback make more than Aaron Rodgers. That's what he, remember that, was, that came up at one point negotiation-wise. That is a smart contract. It's not about lock me in for 15 years because that's guaranteed money and I just want to sit out and put it in my bank account. It should be about it should be an evo- evolutionary thing, right? A four to five year deal. So, the, so the, the question to you then is Scott Boris and those guys are smart. They know this. They see this. Yeah. So why do sometimes you feel like a guy like Scott Boris is the one who is fueling a Bryce Harper's desire to have the, the crazy long contracts of that you're talking about. So so that that's maybe what I don't understand is the agents are smart. They know this, they see this. So is it just sometimes driven by well that's what my client wants and I need to keep my client so I need to keep them happy. It it's because it's easy, Paul. Because it's I want cash in hand and I don't want to I don't want to finance it, right? <laughs> right? That you know when you go to buy a mattress sure. at a store They'd rather you pay cash right now rather than finance it over six months, right? It, that's exactly right. what that's exactly what we're talking about here. Why not just get the three hundred twenty-five million right now, all up front, and get give Scott Boris his three percent kickback right now, rather than have to do this three times over twelve years? Even though that's better, that's probably better for for both, right? If yeah, Bryce Harper really is this historic player, yeah, he's going to be able to reset the market in four years with you know an, another fifty million but per year contract. If I'm the agent. I'm not willing to take that risk. That's, that's the risk. That is that's, that's the risky. Risk. There are other risk factors too here uh, when it comes to professional athletes, yep. and it's performance dropping off. It's perfor- you know stuff happens. <laughs> you know, I think of the I think of the Harper's been injured. Yeah, I think what regularly. I think of the guy in Texas who was the the Texas Ranger there. Um, not a Rod. No, not Payrod. <laughs> right, who got the big Josh co- Hamilton? You're not thinking of oh, Josh yeah, Hamilton. I'm thinking of Josh Hamilton. No, and I'm not suggesting that with Hyper- Harper, but I'm just saying, hey, there's a guy who's on top of the world, and I'm all of a sudden gone. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, you know, w- with big money. So, yeah, if I'm the eight, I I get the agent two things. Like one for recruiting other top players. Hey, I got Bryce's money. I'll get you your money. And yes, he just wants to looking at that big number my, at the end, that three percent. I don't want to go through this five because I don't know if Bryce Harper's gonna be good in five well, years. Well, my favorite my, what he was in my five. My favorite years. part of Scott Boris doing this right now is that he's already promoting Harper as a potential first baseman. He's he's already he's already saying, Yeah, yeah, I know he's not gonna do this forever, but he can also play first base. Right. right? So you you want him for fifteen years. What are we talking about nobody here? Nobody wants him for fifteen years. What are years? we talking about here? Yeah, nobody be, be the Houston Astros, please. Right. Build your system. Keep it growing. Make it fluid. Do not lock in 15 years on anybody. I don't care how historic they think they well, are. Well, if you're looking at Bryce Harper, can't you sign two players for $20 million that hit the same amount of home runs, and isn't your lineup better? I, I have to ask you this question, because this has been bothering me. <laughs> Put, if you had Bryce Harper and Mookie Betts side-by-side side with equal amount of experience, right? They're both about to hit free agency. I'm taking Mookie Betts. Every, isn't everybody... Yes. Isn't every single yeah. person taking Mookie bets? Yes. So what are we talking about here with this Hall of Fame historic so, contract? What are we talking about? Right. 
So why 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 do I think I know the answer to this question, but I'll let you answer. So why do the teams buy into this then? The teams know it doesn't make sense, but the teams the, the teams are the ones who would rather do different kinds of deals. But eventually, somebody is going to give Bryce Harper what he wants. Why? I'll t- I'll, I'll answer that because and having worked for a professional sports team. Because I can sell tickets, I can sell jerseys, I can sell all these things and recoup some of that money back. Not when he's batting two ten, yeah, and but they've got twelve wins. Doesn't matter. Going in right away, I'm going to reap benefits immediately from that signing from Bryce Harper jerseys, jerseys, you name it. Mm. I, people are going to want it. People are going to want it. Well, and, and listen, player Paul, Kevin, too. You're right. Owners are going to. There's an yes. owner ego that's involved in this too. I, well, everything you're saying makes perfect financial sense, but somewhere along the line, an owner is going to say, "I want that guy," or they're going to say, "I don't want my competitor to have that guy." Let's. I mean, I grew up in the George Steinbrenner Yankees era when those decisions were strictly made by George waking up one morning and saying, "I want that guy." get me that guy. And if you didn't get him that guy, you were going to be out of a job. So all the logic and negotiation and all the things that went into this Bill's decisions didn't make didn't matter anymore because the owner said he wanted them. Well, and, and there are other teams. Well, let's look at the Cubs, for example. If the Cubs pull the trigger on Harper, that's a win-now move, right? Yeah. It's a win-now move to, to get another World Series yeah. in the short term. They know in the long term it's going to, you know, hurt and luxury luxury tax will likely come in and such but they'll make it from playoff games and merchandise and all those things in the short term and then eh, we'll worry about that down the line you know and and frankly they'll say "Ah, it's gonna be somebody else's problem then anyways yeah and i'm not gonna care about it i I guess that's my initial point with baseball i think is in trouble because that has been the thinking for way too long (laughs) and while some teams have evolved you know away from that the the major markets have not because money is funny Right, it doesn't matter yeah. to those markets, and and that's still true. It, it, believe it or not, I know many of these teams are getting themselves in good luxury tax standing, but this is another discussion to have, and maybe a reason that Boris is really pushing this long deal is who knows what's going to happen with this next CBA. There's going to be a big push for change, maybe a soft cap. I mean, I mean, there might be some some real logistical financial changes with baseball, which I think are necessary, by the way, but um, I I just it it, it boggles my mind that. We see all these other sports sort of evolving and coming into a more compacted situation. And then we had we had the, the, the free agency we had last year with baseball, which was great. It was almost as if owners and, and GMs were coming together and saying, we're going to buckle down and we're not going to give J.D. Martinez $30 million And, you know, no, nobody's going to get a deal too early. We're not going to overpay for anybody in December. We're going to see, you know, let our rosters evolve and see what we can get via trades and all that stuff. Everything just seemed right. And now we're right back to square square one with... Well, we got to pay Bryce Harper whatever the hell he wants because he's batting two twenty. <laughs> right? What do we want? What are we doing here? You know, I, I hate it. I, I I hate to see this because it's it's by far my favorite sport. But from a financial standpoint, it is the one that drives me the the, the craziest. All right, do want, I do want to mention um, just back to basketball real quick? You have you have a um, the Monday morning financial NBA yeah. round. If you haven't seen it yet, go check it out. There's some. Uh, interesting financial tidbits in there. One on the Wizards. <laughs> I didn't realize how much money the Wizards spent this year to suck. Yeah, um, yeah. they made some really bad calls. Oh. I mean, look at it. You, you understand them going up, John Wall and Bradley Beal and locking in their two, but they made a really bad call with Otto Porter Jr., yeah. a guy who's, who's he's, he's scoring like six points right now. 
I mean, really, it's he's bad. six more than out of the bus driver from the in, Simpsons. In, in fact, I, I'd even go out on a limb and say that they're only playing him because of the money he's making. Yeah. If he wasn't making that money, he's sitting his butt on the bench. Uh, but look at maybe they turn a corner. Who knows? That's that's a team that should be a top three in the East right now. They're not even close. But Jimmy Butler trade. Yeah, let's talk about this. This was great for Philly. Yes, I, I don't know why this didn't happen two months ago. Maybe Philly just wasn't you know offering that package. But I, I thought it was a good move for everybody especially Jimmy Butler. I think there's a good chance he stays long-term and signs an extension this July, um, which works for the Philadelphia because now they own his rights, which means they don't have to use cap space to extend him, um, which is obviously something that's going to be coming. They can pay him any amount? They can give him the max contract, and it won't come from their cap space. That's how it works in basketball. If you own the rights to a player, you don't have to use actual cap space to sign that player. That's not really that's not the original intent of the bird exception, by the way. I know. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, it was like a million dollar deal back when they brought it. Trust in. me. <laughs> but what it has done is, is it's it's made for more trades, which has just been the smartest thing ever in basketball, right? It's become a, a, an unbelievable league of movement, and we're going to see a ton more of it. This is going to be a carbon copy of last offseason for the basketball, and we saw some of it a couple nights ago in Golden State. I don't know if you saw this. Oh yes, and this is really kind of a good way to, to finish this off because talk about talk about animosity and dynasties and finances all coming together on the court. Yes, right. Durant and Draymond Green going at each other, and did you hear that Draymond Green actually brought up some, in the middle of all this mess during that fight? Brought up something about you know, why don't you get out of here and, and leave in free agency? There, there's there's some pent up animosity. Wow. About Durant basically just flaunting the fact that he's done making taking pay cuts with this team and he's going to go and get paid next year and it's it's freaking November. What's going to happen in, in June with this team if they, if they're already pissed off about him leaving in July, right? And it's November. Man, this could be quite an interesting little winter for Golden State, who still look great by the way, even though Steph Curry's on the shelf, right? Because Clay Thompson's one of the best players in the history of basketball. Even though you don't want to believe me wow. from two episodes ago, history. Stop. Come on. You got to watch this team right now. I listen. You I watched watch him play. Team. I listen. I watch him play. I, I, I said to you, I said, you know what? I may rethink the uh, the the Thompson Pippen thing. It's a difficult thing to do. Warriors Rockets tomorrow night, Thursday night. You watch Clay. I'll Thompson. take the Warriors. You in watch that game. Clay. No, probably no Curry. You watch. Clay I'll still Thompson take the take Warriors. That the, the Rockets are. I don't know. Anyway, Durant. Talk about guys who are, who are going to hold out for big money. Kevin Durant next July. He'll be a Laker. Do you think so? I still think Knicks. I still think uh, Knicks. I still think he becomes the uh, the savior of, of Madison Square Garden and brings some friends with him. I really do. Mm. I really do. I'll tell you who needs him, though, really bad right now. Is, is the Lakers. No, <laughs> his hometown Washington Wizards. Oh, sure. <laughs> to bring that back. Yeah, they, they do need that. But yeah, fun. The NBA is fun. And, and honestly, this Golden State thing threw everybody off. And it's legitimately about keeping this team together and how Durant apparently doesn't want to. Well, and, and listen, Draymond Green is a big – he's glue on that team, in yeah. my opinion. Like, he's a huge reason for their success. Yeah. There's a, there's a legitimate chance that next year – Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant are not a warrior. So that's fun. Mm. That's very fun. All right. Lots of stuff to talk about. Be sure to check out the premium section and become a premium member of SpotTrack.com. Ad-free experience. Also some bonus podcasts on there and other content you get as a premium member. Be sure to rate us on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you uh, download this podcast. Paul, have a great call tonight in Ohio. Thank you. For the UB Bulls there. And uh, try not to drink as much beer at lunch today. 
No, I will. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm done with that. <laughs> we're, we're kidding with Paul, obviously. Work, today's a work day. Great, glad, to have, work. glad to have him aboard, even though he's not here. Glad to have you aboard, and thanks for listening to the SpotTrack.com podcast. <laughs>